Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. (laughs) Bonjour. Ah, it's a great day. It's a great day for us to choose healing. And I am grateful to stand with you and choose it with you. So grateful. So let's take a a breath here together and tune in, tune up. always like to begin with a blessing. And I place my hand on my heart to remind myself I am wholeheartedly available for the healing. I am wholeheartedly interested in freedom. (laughs) We're finding freedom in our heart and in our mind where it's been all along. We are truly grateful, truly thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize our true identity, our perfection. We're cultivating our willingness. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self to increase our willingness and to live a life of profound love and gratitude. Love and gratitude, love and gratitude. This is the healing spiritual practice that we are grateful for. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing, of our expansion, of our clarity with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful and so thankful to allow the healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) <sighs> yes, so we're talking about reluctance to heal. This is something I've experienced a tremendous amount of in my lifetime. So much reluctance, so much resistance, and for so long I didn't know what it was about, and so I being identified with the ego, would draw the conclusion that it was just further evidence of something being wrong with me, right? So I just started to attribute everything to that core belief I had that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And it wasn't until I was willing to actually affirm And to begin to recognize that everyone is fundamentally good. That I could experience healing in my own. Ooh, (coughs) it's talking about healing. Let me take a sip of my spiritual espresso here. Something's happening in my throat. Mm. Yeah. Oh, stuff is coming up for healing, isn't it? I always feel this collective healing. It's it's interesting. Many times people have written to me or told me that they had a question and just as they had that question, I in the in the radio broadcast would speak the answer. And there is one mind and we are joined together and anyone's healing is everyone's healing. And that's why I feel so dedicated to this, to my own healing of my mind. All healing is at the level of the mind. And we can have extraordinary, miraculous healing when we're willing. And it's, it's a wonderful thing that we do not have to figure it out. But the the reluctance that I had to healing, I know, was very much related to just not believing it was possible for me. For others, definitely. Always believed it was possible for others. But not for me, because I was too far gone. I was unredeemable. That's really was my core belief. And my willingness to recognize all are worthy. 
to recognize that all are fundamentally good, even those that have such a strong appearance otherwise, their fundamental goodness is there. And I often think of St. Paul, the great um, proselytizer of the teachings of Jesus who met the spirit of Jesus on the road to Damascus and had that experience of being hit by a blinding light and being transformed from the one who had persecuted the Christians for years, despised them, despised Jesus, transformed in an instant, a holy instant. And I have felt transformed in an instant. We were talking about this in Masterful Living class yesterday, talking about the power of prayer and the power of having a realization, uh, that a realization of truth can wipe out a lifetime of believing something false that we don't have to experience a process in healing. And I was sharing that uh, my favorite quote from Ernest Holmes, the founder of the Science of Mind teachings, in the Science of Mind text, he said, healing does not take time. The only time that it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. So right now, I am so grateful that a realization is simply an awareness of truth. We become aware of the truth. How do we become aware of the truth? First, uh, uh, in my experience, I open my mind with gratitude. I open my heart with gratitude. I, I Just be grateful that God is. Just be grateful that love is. Just be grateful that there is the possibility of healing. There's, we can be grateful. I know, uh, I remember hearing Oprah say that the most transformative thing she ever did in her life was she started a gratitude journal and she would write down five things at the end of her day that she was grateful for, that she started this habit uh, when she was in her 20s. And it transformed her thinking as gratitude does, it lifts our vibration up above the fray, above the muck and the mire, so that we can see and hear and feel and know more clearly what the truth actually is. And the truth does indeed liberate us from illusions. So uh, she practiced that. And she said when she started out, a lot of times the best she could come up with was being grateful for ice cream and Things that she found were delicious. Nothing wrong with that. Start where you are. For sure, I have. And I do every day. Just be where I am in this moment and be truthful in this moment. Honest with myself in this moment. That's deeply healing, deeply transformative. So we lift ourselves up with gratitude so we can have clear perception and be more available for the insight for that realization of truth and then we add to this a willingness a willingness to know the truth because the only reason we don't recognize and recall and remember and know the truth in the moment is because we prefer our version of life, which is our belief system. So that's the only thing that can truly block our knowing the truth and our liberation from all suffering is our belief that there's something other than perfection, right? The story we made up, our grievances, our regrets, our resentments, the hurt, the blame, the shame, all these stories that we have attachments to, these are like veils in our mind 
that block our awareness of the truth. So in this moment right now, this transcendent moment, transcending time and space, coming together, the meeting of our minds, we're coming together to be grateful, to be willing to have a realization of truth. When we have a realization of truth, that's what I call proving God. We're proving the truth. We're willing to know the truth, to remember the truth. And when we know the truth, that certainty, that alignment with the divine is happening. Healing is happening when we are willing to know, remember, recognize, and affirm the truth. So that's what a realization is. It's a remembrance of the truth. That's what an aha is. It's connecting the dots in truth rather than in our false beliefs. So every time we can let go of a false belief, we can have more clarity about the truth. And isn't that wonderful? So our reluctance to heal in my experience, in my awareness, and in my working with uh, so many counseling clients, so many participants in my classes for so many years, because I've been counseling people for 19 years, um, our reluctance to heal, uh, it can be that we don't feel worthy, it can be that we don't believe it's possible, and the antidote to both of those things is the willingness to realize the truth right there. Now, in the Manual for Teachers, which I love so much, thank you, Jesus, for the Manual for Teachers. <laughs> so clear. I People ask me sometimes, uh, hey, I'm a new student of A Course in Miracles. How do I begin? I... I I suggest to them that they get Gary Renard's book, Disappearance of the Universe, and I suggest that they begin to read the um, the Glossary of Terms and the Manual for Teachers, and just start there with those things, and uh, and then you can begin to do the lessons. No hurry. Don't feel compelled to do one a day. If you're doing one a week, but you are actually doing it uh, one day per week, that will be revolutionary in your life. So just some tips there. In the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 6 is entitled, Is Healing Certain? And in Paragraph 2, it says, Healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. The instant it is welcome, it is there. Healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. And the instant healing is welcome, boom, healing happens. So healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. Now, let's not go on an ego analytical trip to figure out precisely why I would perceive healing to be a threat. I'm so tired of being sick. I don't want to be sick in whatever way. It could be our finances. It could be our creativity. It could be our relationships. It could be the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body. Whatever is not experiencing the perfection and the wholeness, that's where healing can happen. So having worked with tremendous amounts of reluctance to my own healing and really having broken through what felt to me like it was a tremendous amount of reluctance, I can understand uh, so much more. However, understanding it did not come before the breakthrough. 
The breakthrough came before the understanding. So I don't look anymore to try to understand things as a step on my pathway to healing. If it occurs, fine. If it doesn't, fine. Because what I'm really after is that realization of truth, which is different than understanding. Knowing is a realization of truth. That is permanent healing. When we truly know and remember the truth about any aspect of life, then there is permanent healing. So valuing the truth is a great place to start. And we cannot value the truth and our own opinions and judgments, our condemnation, our shame, our blame, our regret, resentments, guilt. We can't value all of that and value the truth. Because one is true and one is not. You just, you can't say, oh, um, I really value being of service to others Uh, but you're never of service to others. Or I really value my spiritual community, but you don't contribute in any way. You can't can't be on both sides of the fence at the same time. So if we value the truth, then we are going to definitely surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender everything that's false. The blame the regret, the resentments, all are affronts to the truth. And that's, hey, that's the core of A Course of Miracles. That, that's the part that's really, really challenging is to recognize that nothing has been done to us because we're one with everyone. There is no separation. So if we're one with everyone, can actually things be done to us except in illusions? And as it says in this is healing certain section, truth demonstrates illusions have no value. That's why the truth sets us free. It liberates us from the illusion that things in the illusion have value. So healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as a threat. So let's work with this, and not in an intellectual way, but in a heart healing way. So in order to do that, we must be willing to be in this partnership with the Holy Spirit Uh, with Jesus, with the invisible field of uh, our perfection and our wholeness and love itself. We must be willing to be in the flow of love to some degree in order to experience the healing. So for me, I give so much gratitude that I don't have to figure anything out, that I do not have to understand the blocks to love in order to offer them up, hand them over, relinquish them, and release all attachment to them. Now, it's it's challenging to get this. It is. It's certainly it took me years and I can still see the edges of my mind where I reject it. So I, 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 I understand how sometimes it feels like healing is a process, but it's actually not. Healing is instantaneous the moment that we are truly willing. So that's why gratitude helps us to be more willing And then we can even decide just to be willing to be willing to be willing. Take a few steps back from it in order to get just a little smidge of willingness. Because that little smidge of willingness is willingness. It is enough to fan the flames of our divinity.
And that's all that spirit needs to crack open the most hardened heart. It's just a tiny little bit of willingness. So healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. So if you feel like, oh, you're not experiencing the healing that you desire, then be willing to entertain the idea that somewhere in your consciousness is a belief that healing is not desirable that healing is a threat. Now, healing could only be a threat to ego identification. And all of us have some degree of ego identification. So we're either completely ego identified, somewhat, a little bit. We don't have to categorize it or evaluate it. We can just know that there is some ego identification unless we feel like we are completely awake. <laughs> and I, I'm not there yet. So uh, if we can be willing to just consciously say, okay, I get it. On some level, I see healing as a threat. And I would like to change my mind about it. Higher self, Holy self, Holy Spirit, Jesus, Mother, Father, God, Infinite Spirit, Divine Intelligence, Great Mystery, show me the way to release any idea that healing is not desirable or it's a threat. I am willing to give up all the blocks to love. I am willing to have this instant be the holy instant of my healing. And I share the benefits of my healing with everyone because I am one with them. In this moment, I am willing to give up any idea that healing is a threat. Whether that idea that healing is a threat is known or unknown I am willing to give it up I am grateful and I am thankful to surrender it here and now to stand in an awareness of my holiness and the holiness of all life I found that being able to call for that level of support, that level of healing and willingness. It brings the miracle. Prayer is a medium of miracles. So a prayer offering up the blocks to love is a powerful prayer. A prayer of gratitude. I'm so grateful that there is support, that I can receive assistance, that I am not on my own, that there is eternal, infinite support available to me at all times. I am grateful, so grateful. So grateful and so thankful to consciously attune, yes, even if I don't know how, I am willing. I am grateful. I am thankful. No more resistance. No more reluctance. Let it be dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause. Whatever decision I made, wherever in space and time, for whatever reason, I surrender it all now. And I am grateful to make that surrender. So grateful. So the invitation right here and right now is, are you willing to become aware that healing in your mind might be seen as a threat and to just surrender the idea of blocking healing? Are you willing? 
And then let's give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. Let's allow ourselves to be led and guided by Spirit, gratefully and thankfully, truly gratefully, truly thankfully. Hmm. So much healing has happened when I've done this and when I see others do this. Our willingness truly is all that's required. And I, I'm so grateful that we can share the benefits with everyone because all minds are joined. For me, this is such an uh, impetus for me to do my part and to support others in doing their part, too, so that we stand together. We don't stand alone. We are united. We are one with each other. And so let us lift the burden in our own mind by handing it over to the Holy Spirit and not thinking we have to intellectually analyze it or figure it out on our own, because we do not. That is not a part of our healing process. That's just more ego identification. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love, we're walking the talk, and we're rocking our healing. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We're talking about when we're reluctant to have healing. And it it can be so thick and intense, this reluctance to have healing. You know, and this is one of the things I learned uh, that was so helpful to me, and I'd like to share it with you, which is for so many years, so many years, I witnessed my own reluctance. I would pray for healing, and then I would watch myself turn away from it. I would watch myself turn away from the higher vibrations of love, compassion, kindness, generosity of heart, uh, spirit, generosity of spirit. I would watch myself turn away from opportunities to extend love, and I would watch myself turn towards habits of withholding love, being inconsiderate, um, and being judgmental and condemning. I was very confused about punishment. And like most of the world, I believed in punishment. And I believed that I should be punished for my unkindnesses. And I believed that others should be punished for the slights that I perceived that they made against me. And all of these were just some of the ways that I was uh, witnessing my reluctance to truly be healed of the regrets, the resentment, the guilt, the blame, the shame, the hurt, is I would turn away from love. And I would turn towards my own judgments, my own decisions, my own thoughts of pain and suffering and going over and over and over them in my mind. And I would get triggered and I would go down the rabbit hole and obsessively, compulsively uh, complaining, judging, criticizing, Uh, Punishing all of this was my habitual behavior. And all of it, I can see now, was my reluctance to heal. I, I really did have to come to grips with my healing in my heart and in my mind 
and in my finances and in my emotions, my healing required me to give up my grievances. And I was afraid to give up my grievances. Truly, I was. Because I thought that my grievances protected me from being wounded again. And so I saw the reluctance to heal played out in my grievances. And one of the things I can tell you I experienced was... uh, in my relationships, uh, that was so difficult for me. I would get triggered. And I didn't know that when I got triggered, it was actually a blessing. I thought it was a curse. I didn't know. But I would get triggered emotionally, mentally. I didn't understand that this trigger is like a splinter in my mind, in my heart, in my consciousness. And when it is inflamed and I feel triggered, this is an opportunity to draw focus and attention to that splinter from the past, that wound from the past that has not healed, just like a splinter wouldn't heal, would become infected. Uh, Maybe it would be dormant, but it can't truly be healed until you get that splinter out of there. So that splinter is the decision that I made in the past. That splinter is my opinion, my perception, my belief from the past. And I cannot be at rest, in peace, in harmony, in joy, in freedom, in abundance, in prosperity, in wholeness, in wisdom, in clarity, in purity, in all of these spiritual qualities that are my inheritance, I cannot truly experience them while clinging to the splinter. So when that splinter in the mind gets activated, it gets triggered, it's like if it were in the body, if it got hit, and that would agitate it and perhaps be a resurgence of infection or pain. What it is is it's, I call it the divine alarm clock, something, some upset is happening, which means that this is an opportunity for healing to get the splinter out. Now, I didn't know that. I got triggered all day long. Didn't know I was avoiding my healing opportunities. I didn't see that at all. All I knew was that it seems like I'm going to get hurt again. I'm being hurt again. I am being hurt again. I'm being attacked. Oh, my God, I am being attacked. I need to defend myself. Danger, danger, danger. That's what my interpretation of the triggers was. Now, when I get triggered, I can go, ah, here's an opportunity to give a splinter, known or unknown. I don't have to know where it came from, when it came or how long it's been there, who helped her, what the decision was originally or what the fear is. I don't need to know any of that. My higher Holy Spirit self knows every component. There's nothing hidden to the higher Holy Spirit self. So I call upon that higher Holy Spirit self. I call upon the company of heaven to remove the splinter, heal it back to the root So I can experience new fruit, the learning and the wisdom that is encoded in that experience of of the splinter. Let me receive that in exchange for the splinter itself. And that method really, really worked for me. And that helped me undo 
that massive reluctance to healing, that massive resistance to happiness. Last week, I was talking about the resistance to happiness. Resistance to happiness, reluctance to healing, for healing. These things can feel so pervasive, so strong, so intense that they can run our life. It certainly ran mine. So I would get triggered and I would go through that process of uh, being afraid and I would start to look for the defenses. How am I going to defend myself against this attack? I am being attacked. That's how it would feel when I would get triggered. So for me, I on a non-conscious level, I didn't know how to defend myself against the attack because to me, the attack was always some version of there's something terribly wrong with you. You're not good enough. You're bad. You're fundamentally bad. That can't be healed. It's fundamental. So my any sense that someone had an awareness of my fundamental badness would be a trigger for me. So the slightest criticism, even gentle teasing, would send me over the edge and I would start looking for the best defense, which was a good offense. And so I would just be in this attack-defend, 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 feeling so, so vulnerable because of this core belief that there's something fundamentally wrong with me that's unfixable. Oh, it was just nightmarish to live inside that pattern. And so because it was so nightmarish, one of the ways I could find to get my mind out of it and into a new train of thinking, uh, so to speak, would be to go into blame. Who is to blame for my pain and my shame? Who is to blame for this upset? I'm going to hold them accountable. I have to hold them accountable. I have to prosecute them in the court of ego. And I have to present an airtight case for their damnation so that they will leave me alone and stop punching me in my splinter. That's how it felt to me. I was so truly frightened at my core. And then I would become so overwhelmed trying to make that airtight case, going over it and over it and over it and over it, obsessively, compulsively in my mind. I would just be rocked. Oh, it was awful, awful, awful. Defend, attack, defend, attack. Head down, take no prisoners. My emotions were terrifying to me. And then I would become truly frightened that I would say or do something to uh, ruin my life and increase my uh, sinking sense of self-worth. I'd be so afraid that I would explode and destroy any happiness I had, any relationships I had. Uh, and I would move into a place of really uh, hopelessness. This always happens to me. Uh, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of this pattern. My life is worthless. Uh, I'm never going to succeed. I'm always going to be failing. I'm unredeemable. I'm unsavable. There is no hope. How can there be hope if you believe you're fundamentally bad? There is no hope. Your hope entirely rests upon being able to hide it. That's the best you have, which is not hope, really. Hoping to be able to hide it, that's, <laughs> that's not very much help there. So there is no hope. There is no real hope. There's no hope of healing. So 
then I would go to this place of, okay, this being the case, if I feel threatened enough, I'm taking everybody down with me. I'm burning all the bridges. I don't care anymore. I do not care. See, that was me taking back my power. I have the power to say, I do not care. I'm worthless. How could I care? Why would I care? I already know this to be true, was how I felt. <laughs> I, uh, when I was a kid, my brother, my brother still loves to watch Star, Star Trek. He loved to watch Star Trek um, when we were kids. And uh, I certainly probably saw most of those early episodes uh, back in the 60s. And early 70s, I guess it was early, some whatever it was, late 60s, early 70s. And um, I always remember Scotty saying, she can't do it, Captain. She's got to blow. She'll never make it. And that's how I would feel, right? I'm going to blow. I'm never going to make it. System overload and shut down. Or like uh, in Lost in Space, Danger, Will Robinson, danger. That just felt so where I would go so quickly. And I would have to get my my consciousness the heck out of there. And just I just had to run, get out of there, pack it away for later. It was overwhelming trying to figure it out, trying to understand it, trying to navigate it by myself as a child or a teenager or in my early 20s, late 20s, it was just overwhelming to me. And I would then go into a place of, I will never forget this, revenge thinking. I will always remember what you did to me, how you made me feel. This is your fault. You are ruining my life. I will always blame it on you because I am, have no other coping mechanism except to say, it's not my fault. It's all you. I am innocent. You are guilty and you will be punished forever. And then lock it down. And then the splinter is now further encased in all of that thinking. That's what would happen. And it was rough. It was really, really rough. It felt like a whirlpool. It felt like condemnation, self-condemnation. Since I didn't have any idea that there was a way out for me, and I didn't have the hope of redemption or a way out, I would not entertain the options that my higher Holy Spirit self was handing me to go the other way. So extreme reluctance to heal is what I experienced. Extreme, and I know I'm not alone. This is why it's so important to me to not pretend and to say, look, this is where I started from. I started from a deep sense of shame and hopelessness and an unworthiness. And I do not have those thoughts and feelings anymore. I really did experience miraculous healing over and over and over again by handing these thoughts and these beliefs to the Holy Spirit for healing and claiming my healing. Gratitude and willingness opened my mind to the possibility of true healing. And for me, it was a bold act of courage to say, I'm going to go all in for God. I'm going to go all in on this and do the best I can every day and stop judging what the best I can do in this moment is. I'm just going to do the best I can do. And I'm going to start to try to get out in front of things so that I don't go through that experience of being blindsided, overwhelmed, and spiraling down. 
to that, you know, she can't do it, Captain, she's gonna blow, to avoid that. I started to, as an act of self-love and an act of willingness, interrupt these patterns. And I that taught me, spirit taught me, that interrupting the pattern is like nine-tenths of the healing, or 98%. I mean, it's a huge portion of the healing is to interrupt these patterns of thought. And you know what? This is precisely why I started my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp and why I started Masterful Living. These ideas were actually not my ideas to do. They were given to me. They were insight that was given to me that I could do this, that this would be helpful to people, that I could share what I learned and walk people through it, hold their hand, go with them and do it with them. And that's why I started offering these classes. And it's why I still offer them. And I, I love them every day. I love that I get to do this work. This is, it means so much to me. So the suffering of the past is a celebration to me now because every day I continue to harvest the wisdom from it and share the benefits with others. So everything that I thought was the worst kind of manure is now absolutely fertilizer for a life of love not just for myself, but for anyone who's interested in sharing it with me. That is what awesome really means. That is actually awesome. Really, truly awesome. And it it takes my breath away, the magnificence of spirit working through each and every one of us. Because every one of us is a fulcrum point, a pivot point of healing in our family, in our community, in our workplace, in our spiritual community. Wherever we are, we are designed to be the light of the world and to be that light in the darkness. We are so perfectly designed and everything that we thought was a mistake. Everything that we thought was wasted is given back to us with so much beauty and so much power and so much functionality that we can leverage to be the light of the world, to be a healing presence all of the time with everything that we're we're doing and saying. And it it is extraordinary. It's from the place that I was before, it was unimaginable, yet I was willing to believe that there was something that I could aspire to. And I really thought, well, I'm not going to get there in this lifetime. I'm not going to get very far, but I'll get as far as I can get. Because this repeating nightmare, I cannot bear anymore. I just literally couldn't bear it anymore. So some people make a decision for healing, for love, for peace, for harmony, from a place of uh, inspiration. Uh, But a lot of us, we make it from a place of desperation. And what I would like to share is that given that is a common experience for people, that they make the choice for healing from a place of desperation, that they can't bear the avoidance anymore, they can't bear the pain of suffering anymore, and so they finally move towards the light My One of my goals is to support people and not having to crash at the bottom 
but to make a decision much earlier for their healing. So that's that's one of my personal goals is to help people avoid hitting rock bottom, feeling suicidal and desperate and worthless. So love is the healer. There is no other healer. We all have access to love, even if we think we don't. If we think we don't, it's because we don't feel worthy. But all are worthy. And our willingness to simply recognize all are worthy helps us to see that we, too, are worthy. And a choice of willingness dissolves the reluctance. And you know what? Reluctance is better than total avoidance. It really is. I've felt totally avoiding and stuck. And I'd rather, I'll take reluctance any day. (laughs) So I'm sure there's more to come forth on this theme. I'd like to share a couple of things. I will be offering my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class soon. Uh, uh, Haven't set the date exactly, but it's coming soon. And you know, if you're if you're ready to to go with others like minded and to do this work with me, oh, come and join. Come and join. If you're feeling really down and out, you might try my sacred circle. It's a weekly call I do. Uh, it's spiritual counseling. So uh, we have a great group of people that show up every week. It's a membership program. Anyone can join. It's a small fee to join, and I take spiritual counseling questions, and it's one of my favorite things. It's really uh, enjoyable. We have a wonderful community, very loving, very supportive. Uh, Some folks are new. Some people have been there for years. It's a great opportunity to get your questions answered, and a lot of people don't even uh, ask questions. They just get the downloads and listen. But you can submit questions and writing and things like that. Also, don't forget, we've got free text messages. We've got transcripts of all these radio broadcasts. We have so much for you at jenniferhadley.com and livingacoursemiracles.com. And I am so, so grateful that I get to share with you. And I am so, so grateful for all the people who support and make contributions to keep this show going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's take that blessing and that breath of gratitude. So grateful and thankful to know the truth that sets us free. We're willing to know the truth. We're grateful for our willingness to share the benefits with everyone because we're with that gratitude. We let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Have a great rest of your week. 